to the Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we break down one film from the IMDb Top 250 list every fortnight, uh, maybe not every fortnight, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including games and trivia and what else we've been watching, lots, lots more. I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Daniel. Hendo, how are you, mate? Good, buddy. What's going on? How you been? Uh, tell, me, tell me your story. Oh, got back on the golf course on the weekend, Hendo. Ah, look at you. As soon as some of the restrictions are lifted, boom, you are out there. Boom. Fuck you, COVID. I was all over it. It was lovely. I must say, you. I, I thought you would have been a little bit more rusty on your intro there. You haven't done it in, what, two and a half months? So kudos to you for still remembering what to say. And first trying it, Hendo. Uh, no yeah, edits. Was, there's no outtakes there. <laughs> I, I was happy I didn't say IMDb Journey. <laughs> <laughs> but what are we doing today, Hendo? Well, we're back to Pod V Pods. It is number 36 this week, and we've Ooh. got a great guest coming up. We've got Colby Mack. Colby! Colby, he's been begging to come on the show. He's like, oh, I'm going to get into this Pod V Pod. I want to give you guys a good run for your money. So the challenge has been accepted. So it's going to be a good battle today. God, we're going to be so rusty on this. Maybe you. I'm, uh, I'm all prepped. I'm ready to go. But then after the Pod V Pod, we've got our question of the week, which is, what is your favorite film from the National Film Registry, which is part of the Library of Congress? Not a lot of answers this time around. I don't think people wanted to put in the effort of going in and looking at the list to find their favorite film. Of clicking one link. <laughs> what is this clickbait garbage? <laughs> you should have put some like, you won't believe what, what movie's on this list. <laughs> yes. Uh, that'll be our top five this week. We're going to take a look at the first round of our Tournament of Champions, seeing who's going to take those first four matches, seeing who's going to be leading the charge in our tipping competition. And then after all that, we're going to be talking about what else we've been watching for the last two and a half months. Yeah, I was pretty shocked uh, when I went back, actually, how far back on my letterbox diary I had to go. Oh, there's some films I've completely forgotten about. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle. Not going to lie. These aren't going to be the most in-depth reviews, I can tell you now. Absolutely not. But before all that... Give me the update. Endo, top 250, what's going on there? (laughs) All right, a little weird way of saying it. You've got to mix it up a little bit. What do we got? Let's see. Parasite has dropped one spot down to 27, bringing Saving Private Ryan up to 26. Joker has dropped two spots down to 52, bringing up Cinema Paradiso into the top 50. We mentioned the debut of Anand last week. That has already dropped nine spots to 74. That is so high. Uh, I think the the drop will be steady for a little while. Anand? Is it about bread? Oh, Adan. Anand. Not Anand. (laughs) <laughs> about bread. <laughs> uh, let's see. 1917 has dropped three spots down to 86. The Handmaiden has moved up three spots to 224. And that'll about do it. Fair enough. Now, let's just quickly take a look at some of these polls for uh, the films that we've done breakdowns on and whether or not they belong in the top 250 films of all time. Let's take a look at Ben Hur, one of your favorites, Dean. Uh, can I make a prediction? The answer is no. It should not be in the top 250. Is Ben Hur one of the top 250 best films of all time? 50 50 was the result. Was it just two people voting, me and you? <laughs> what, did I say yes? You were like, yes. What a, what a <laughs> chariot race. Am I right, everyone? <laughs> Guys? <laughs> no, 50 50 for Ben Hur. But the next one, La La Land, is it one of the top 250 films of all time? A lot of people, a lot of people voted on this one. Uh, negative. Really negative. 68% said no. Not wow. one of the top 250 films of all time. What is wrong with people? Moving on to City Lights. Again, 70% said no. 
It is not one of the top 250 films of all time. I don't think people realise how many films 250 actually is. That's a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't disagree with you. You're a little salty on that La La Land one though, Dean? I mean, it's in like my top 20 of all time, so a little. <laughs> all right, mate. You're going to be as ready as you can be because we're going to do it. We're going to get into Pod v Pod 36. <laughs> Dean, it's time for Pod v Pod 36, where we have some of your favourite podcasters on for a battle of different movie games. And this week, I, I'm not going to introduce the man himself. He can do it himself. Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy, Kobe Mac, and it's about damn time that I've made my way to a Pod v Pod for the Movie Journey podcast. Kobe, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you here, buddy. How are you oh, doing mate. today? Doing good, man. I'm alive. Oh, uh, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, for anyone who, for some reason, haven't, haven't heard of Colby Mack, tell us about yourself and your show. Yeah, man. Um, well, I am Colby Mack. I enjoy long strolls on the beach and talking about movies. And when there were movies at the movie theater, I'd be there three to five times a week. Um, but I'm your go-to f- source for movie reviews and news-ish content in a short little time frame, 30 minutes or less, at the Colby Tell Me podcast. Um, yeah, it's a good Fantastic. Time. Great, nice. great little show, mate. Listen to it every week when you when you put it out. It's, uh, it's always, always an entertaining show, I'll tell you. Hey. I'm, you know what? It's a struggle to be consistent, but I do always say it's my whenever I want to. <laughs> Disclaimer, my whenever I want to. Just subscribe. Just subscribe. You'll be all right. You'll be like, oh, this is a surprise. <laughs> all right, buddy. Uh, you, I know you, you've been keen to jump on a pod big pod for a while, so let's not uh, skip about. Let's get into it. Let's start off with our standard movie quiz. Pub quiz, asshole. Usual standard movie quiz, five questions, one point per correct guess. Uh, will you always let the guests go first here? And I'll take the first question here. So how about it, Colby? What do you got for me? All right. In the Power Rangers, the movie. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. There were six Power Rangers. Name the six colors of the Power Rangers in the Power Rangers movie. Okay. Is this the, the very recent Power Rangers? Power Rangers movie in 1995. Ooh, okay. So just, you got just uh, the you colors. Got this. Just the colors? Just the colors. Okay. So it's definitely red, yellow, black, blue, pink, and it's either white or green. It's oh, the it's the movie. So, geez, I know he's green in the show. Did he change to white because they were doing that ninja thing? Yeah, let's go white. You are correct. Yes. Well done. That was going to kind of hem you up on it. Oh. <laughs> All right, good to good to see my uh, trivia knowledge hasn't faltered over the last two months. <laughs> All right, Colby, I, I think this question might be a bit harder than the one you just gave me here. <laughs> I figured I'd start off with softballs and expect softballs in return, you know. But yeah, good luck. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm giving you a massive hardball here, so you, you just your confidence is shaken immediately. Oh man! All right, first category here is young adult adaptations. What 2016 film sees the human race almost extinct as a series of alien attacks? cause natural disasters 2016 film alien attacks natural disasters oh my gosh 2016 film why do i fit the fifth wave oh holy damn like a fucking boss baby oh we're fucked oh my god you understand it's downhill for us from here that's awesome well done oh i dug deep motherfuckers wow I, I thought that was the one. Yeah, yeah that's. God damn it. Oh, shit. All right. 
Let's uh, let's let's see how we go from here, Dave. All right, come on, Colby. What do you got? All right, you're going to start noticing a theme to my questions uh, for tonight. Um, in this HBO-produced TV show turned movie, we have a show that's essentially a romantic comedy starring Sarah Jessica Parker and her four friends and the romantic entanglings in New York City. The show is called Sex in the City. Can you name Sarah Jessica Parker's character and two out of her three friends? Okay. Come on, Dean. Sarah Jessica Parker is Carrie Bradshaw. Uh, and her friends, let's go with Samantha, Charlotte, and let's throw in Miranda for good measure. Boom! Damn, okay, all right. No, no more softballs. That's right. No more softballs right. at this one. Good job, good job. Here we go, here we go. Now I'm all over the old sex in the city. The missus loves it, so uh, I'd be hey. uh, in the doghouse if I didn't get that one. <laughs> all right, very good, buddy. All right, Colby, let's see if you can uh, keep the tie going here. <laughs> Dean, why don't you ask this question? All right, category for you is Kevin Smith. What Kevin Smith film does Casey Affleck make a brief, brief cameo in? Dogma. Oh, unfortunately, no. It's actually Chasing Amy. It is. Oh, and that's my favorite Kevin Smith film. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky. Uh, that's fine. That's okay. I'll take that. All right. I'm happy with that now. Sorry, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see if I can extend this lead. What do you got for me, Colby? All right. They were... Turtles with Attitude. There's a TV show, comic book turned a movie, The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There have been four big screen movie adaptations of the Teenage Mutant Ninja, excuse me, five of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I need you to name the title in full of the f- at least four of them. Here we go. So from my memory, the first one is just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The second one is Secret of the Ooze. Two. The, the first Michael Bay one was TNMT. Three. The, the, oh, for fuck's sake. The, I think I got a better chance of the third than the fifth. I cannot remember the fifth title in the slightest. The third one, I know I know they go back in time. I wonder if it's called Back in Time. I've, I can't think of any other subtitle <laughs> for it. I feel, like it's, I feel like it's Back in Time. I'm going to take that. Is that your final answer? Yeah, it is. That is incorrect. Damn it. How did you not get out of the shadows? Come on. I've never, I've, I've never heard of it. You've never heard of it? Out of the shadows. No. Come on. It's a very, Is that very, the fifth one? It's, I mean, it's, yes, it's, a, that, it's that another Michael one. Bay I one. Thought, I thought you, I figured, okay, see, I'm, I'm being entirely too nice. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you'll get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you'll get TMNT, and like, I thought you were going to get the third one, because everybody thinks that there's like that kind of like semicolon, you know, here's the like the log, right? No, it's just Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles 3. Oh, <laughs> dodgy bastard! But you know, oh, I think awesome. for some reason, because I thought when I like when I was putting up this question and stuff like that, I was like, I thought it was Turtles in Time, because it just that seems like such a nineties yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the three game. Turtles in Time. Yes, that was the arcade game. Turtles yes. in Time. <laughs> no, it's God. literally just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. <laughs> you sneaky bastard, Colby. Yeah, uh, you know. Wow, you are shit. All oh, right. Though. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Way ahead of you. <laughs> okay, Colby, let's see if you can uh, bring it back to a tie here. Our next category is directors. What famous actor directed 2017's Suburbicon? I feel like it's so easy to say Matt Damon, but I don't think Matt Damon directed Suburbicon. Julian Moore. Matt Damon. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's, um, oh, Lord. Is that your final answer? No, it's not Matt Damon. That's too easy. It's um oh my gosh uh, the, the 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 dude Caesar um Smeagol Gollum oh my god why am I forgetting his name 
<laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh, Lord. Can I just say the guy I don't think would... they had any filming equipment in Middle Earth, Colby. They did not have filming equipment in Middle Earth. I don't know why. I'm pre- oh, my God. I like For the life of me, I cannot get his name. I'm seeing his Spiegel face. Spiegel says action. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my God. You know what? Because I, I feel so bad. People are like, Colby doesn't know his shit. Oh, Lord. Why am I forgetting? Andy Circus. I was gonna say if you if you couldn't get his name, I would have let you have Andy Circus because it's wrong. Oh my no. god! Damn, what am I thinking? I could have sworn because I was just doing a 2017 it like you know in review, and I could have swore I associated Andy Circus with Superga, which I makes wish- no sense to do that at all, <laughs> <laughs> none whatsoever. I swear, if it's no, Matt we said Damon, to, we said to each other after the the Lord of the Rings marathon for the Poppy Pod, we cannot do anything Lord of the Rings related whatsoever. <laughs> it better not be Matt Damon. I wish no, it was. no, he was the star of the film. It was yeah. actually, uh, it was George Clooney. George Clooney. Oh, no wonder it sucked. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Still up a point. Thank God. All right. Dean, why don't you take this one and try and extend this lead? All right. All right. Still keeping with the theme of TV shows to movies. Saturday Night Live has been a wealth of properties to be able to tap into. I want you to give me five Saturday Night Live transition from TV to film properties? Damn, this is my question. Uh-oh. How about it, Dean? Uh-oh. <sighs> uh, okay, let's go. Blues Brothers. Uh, so, do you want five films or five properties? Five films. I mean... You don't give me no Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> did you say, don't give me Blues Brothers 2000? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, Wayne's World. All right. So, you don't want Wayne's World 2? No. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me think. Yeah. I've got four on my mind right here. <laughs> Are <honestly>. you serious? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. I, am so I lucky. have no idea. Uh, is Anchorman one? That is incorrect. Ah! ah. Fucking Dean. <laughs> Could have easily thrown out Night of the Roxbury, Magruba, Ladies Man, It's Pat. I've got heaps in my head here. <laughs> He's like, It's nah, Pat. I was, I was never getting that. <laughs> never. <laughs> How did you not get It's Pat? What is It's Pat? Oh my god, no, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. It's, you know what? It's Pat would never work in 2020 right now. Oh, never, <laughs> never, never. You know what? Most of the Saturday Night Live inspired films would never work in 2020. I don't I don't think it worked when it came out. That's very, I was still confused and I was a very young boy. I'm not sure what was going on. <laughs> All right, Colby, you still got a chance here to bring it do. back to a tie. All Dean, right. why don't you ask question four? All right, Colby. The category is Oscars. Speaking of which, Matt Damon has been nominated for Best Actor for which two films? He was nominated for The Martian, and he was nominated for Best Actor in... Invictus? That is a good guess, but uh, The Martian is correct, but the other one you were looking for was Goodwill Hunting. It was Goodwill! (laughs) 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 Okay, that's fine. All right. I'm I'm surprised where this went after that first question. (laughs) 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 All right. Oh, boy. Man. All right, so heading into the last question here, we're two to your one. So it's a collab here for the both of us. So if we get this right, it's uh, it's over before it ends. Colby, why don't you give us our last question here? Yes. All right, cool. All right. So everybody around the world has been um, extremely tuned in to The Last Stance, the Michael Jordan documentary. 
and essentially Michael Jordan had been associated with his film career with the Looney Tunes inside of Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Inside of Space Jam, we had uh, visiting aliens that had come to take the NBA basketball powers of five players. Oh, yep. no. Who were the five players? Okay, I know two off the top of the head. That's Barkley and Patrick Ewing. Who were the other three? There's the really, really tall guy. Is that was it Luke Longley? I don't think it was. I can't remember. Uh, what about what about Magic Johnson? No, I don't think it was. I don't think it was Magic Johnson. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know much about the NBA except from what I saw on the Last Dance. Yeah, I mean, and me too. From, what, it was Carl Malone. And honestly, there? those two, those two, <laughs> those two I got were from watching Space Jam. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't think of the other three. Uh, no, I'm blanking on the other three. You got, you got any ideas, Dean? Mm, no. What you, what you was Space Jam? Was it '96? '96. Yes. So would, would Carl Malone have been there? Oh, what about, what about that no. guy that? No, no, it wasn't. Wasn't Miller? Wasn't Miller in there? Reggie Miller. Yeah. Was that too early? No. I mean '96. Maybe. Mm, I don't know. We're not going to get this. We can't. Right. <laughs> we're thinking of the next, nah. the third one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you were right on Charles Barkley, um, who was the more like round, you know, uh, the round alien. Then you had Sean Bradley, the super tall one. Okay. Yeah, Sean yep. Bradley, the super short one, Muggsy Bowes. And then you had mm. at power forward, you had Magic Johnson. <laughs> and what did Pac- I say? <laughs> I'm sorry, not my, my, my hey, I got two. Not, not Magic one, Johnson. Right? My, apologies. my apologies, Larry Johnson. Forgive me. But you, ah. you were close ah. with one of the Johnsons. <laughs> Why'd you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is you got uh, Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Yeah. Reggie Miller did make a cameo inside the film, uh, but he was not uh, uh, one of the Didn't uh, Larry Bird made a cameo as oh, well? Oh, man. A ton of players, uh, you know, showed oh, yeah, up heaps of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, watch it. The sequel will be out oh, uh, next year. Well, who knows? <laughs> is it a sequel? Yeah, uh, LeBron James is starring in the sequel. So it's, sequel. Not, it's not a reboot. It is a sequel. That is what I've been hearing. That is crazy. Yeah. It's kind of hard to erase the MJ part out of it, so... <laughs> no. It's like this, the, the same shit happens to them again. They need to get they need to do it all again. New yes. basketball match. New How basketball much money match. would you need to give Michael Jordan to come back for Space Jam 2? <laughs> well, if, if it's in the script that he can beat LeBron, he'll do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> no, I think the, the script would have to say that he couldn't beat LeBron and then he would turn up to set. <laughs> 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 You're just That's the wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, Colby. Uh, you need this question need to it. force a tie here. Let me dig. Let me dig deep. All right, dig deep on Paul Thomas Anderson. What was the first PTA film to be nominated for Best Picture? Oh, I'm so weak on PTA. Lord. And PTA is not Wes Anderson. Like that's correct, right? That is correct. That is correct. All right. At least I got. I feel good about that. PTA to be nominated. No, I feel good about that too. <laughs> for best picture. My goodness gracious. Um, the master? No. Yes. <laughs> Wait. What? Huh? No. 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 I'm, I'm, yes. I'm celebrating. You lost, and we're happy. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm so weak in PTA. Did he direct the master? There's actually, uh, there will be blood. There will be. Bl- that sounds more like it. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Oh, that was that was a good turnaround. I'm, hey. I'm pretty happy with that. We ended up on a two to one win. So I'm gonna feel really, really good about my one. Just that that I will never live. own it. I'm gonna get that bitch on a like a, a hat. All right, <laughs> <laughs> the fifth wave. Shout out to you. Okay, we're up. First game here, but let's get into the second game, which is the list is an absolute good. The list is life. And we haven't done this one in a while. I think the last time we did this was courtesy of buddy bastard epic film guy Nick with his Charles Bronson cannon bullshit. So we've got some redemption to be made in this one. (laughs) All right. This game is basically each team has three lists, top 10 lists that they've come up with that the other team have to go through and guess the 10 movies on that list. You get one point per correct guess. But as soon as you get one wrong, that is the end of that list. All right. We asked the first question. Did we? No, you asked the first question, Colby, in the the first round. No, wait. I've got it all mixed up here. I asked you the first question in the first round, so you can ask us the first one. And Dean, you can go first in this round. All right. So trying to find lists was not as easy as what I thought it was. <laughs> it's like this really is why random. I give this this challenge to Dean. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> this was like really really random. Um, all right, cool. So because it put me in like a rabbit hole of like YouTube videos, it's like I have no desire <laughs> to watch it. All right, cool. Let me do this first one. All right, so. I've been a little kick. Top 10 ninja movies as of looper.com. Top 10 ninja movies you need to see before you die. Are you serious? God, Dean. Top 10 ninja movies according to Looper. Uh, <laughs> is Looper a ninja film? Um, no. Okay. Ninja films. Uh, no, fuck this list. This is like way too like... <laughs> no. Hold on. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know what? I'm going to go based on Google. Yes. Oh. There we go. It's giving us a free ride here. Yes. What? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Based based on based on Google, the ten most popular ninja movies. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're correct. Okay. I haven't embarrassed myself yet. Okay. Next ninja film. Uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. <gasps> Good. That's a, that's I love. That's a really deep cut. Shout out to Chris Farley, but that is incorrect. Ah. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. What the fuck is a ninja film? <laughs> Four of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films you could have said before that. <laughs> I should have. I should have gone. Um, Kung Fu Panda. Is that there? Kung Fu Panda is not there. Ah, what a stitch up. We've got uh, Hugh Jackman, The Wolverine. Come on, Dean. Come on. You've also got GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra. Oh, how did I forget that? Tom Cruise. The Last Samurai? How did you not get that, Dean? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> <Don't> it. <laughs> uh, but then you had uh, two years ago the Lego Ninjago movie. Of course. Along with like three other Ninja Turtles movies. T- TMNT. I told you! <laughs> Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, <laughs> and then I guess the most recent is uh, Mortal Kombat Legend Scorpion's Revenge. Alright, Hendo, can we take five and change all of our top ten lists to make them impossible, please? <laughs> My God. Alright. Alright. Let's let's uh let's start you off with one here, Colby. Uh give me, please, the last ten Eddie Murphy movies. Oh wait, his last ten? Yes. Yeah. Okay, um not top ten according to looper.com. <laughs> his last ten films. Yes. Oh my lord! Oh gosh! Um, most recently, Dolomite is my name. Before that, you had uh, Mr. Church. Um, gosh, 
These don't need to be in order either, just so oh, you know. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I was literally trying to go in order. <laughs> um, a thousand words. Sorry, I said they don't need to be in order. Can you stop this? You're scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. A thousand words. Um, dream girls, Norbit. I'm getting scared now. Yes, um, yes. Five so far. This is not going well. Tower heist. Yes. Um, We're in trouble, Hendo. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, come on, Eddie, 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 Eddie. Oh shit, is it one of the Shreks? Shrek the third. Yep. Shrek two. And uh, no. Damn it. That was a little bit too early. Okay. Colby, you said Shrek three. How did you not say Shrek four? I thought it was a fourth one. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah. so you got one, two, three, four, five. Six. You got seven then. The three that you Shit. missed were Shrek Forever After, Imagine That in 09, and Meet Dave in 08. Meet Dave! Gotcha. All right, cool. <laughs> Colby, out to a commanding lead with that one. Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. All right, let, let, let's see what our Google Looper Watch Mojo list you've got for me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um... No, no. Okay, great. This is the one that I found earlier. All right, so um, we celebrated Mother's Day uh, this past weekend. Uh, so uh, here in the... They celebrate Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we're one. one. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I'm going to look into on the um, IMDb. Uh, there's 25 Mother's Day or like movies to watch on uh, Mother's Day. Uh, just give me <laughs> 10 of them. So, 10 Mother's Day movies that IMDb recommend you watch. That's correct. Okay. Let's go... <laughs> I mean, they don't... Oh, Stepmom. That is correct. All right. Shout out to all the stepmoms out there. Yeah. yeah. Susan Sarandon's super hot stepmom. I don't want to say Mother's Day because it's so terrible, but it just fits so well. And it's just something to watch with your mum. Yeah, okay. Mother's Day. That is too. Okay. I mean, come on. Uh, terms of Endearment? That is incorrect. Oh! What was that? Pitiful. Don't fucking start with you. We're about to get shut out here, Hendo. <laughs> oh, this is this is over before it began. Uh, what did he miss? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you've got Lady Bird, Grey Gardens. My apologies. Terms of Endearment wasn't there. Forgive me. Terms oh. of Endearment was there. We will continue. Oh, hang on. We I'm will, still, we, we, still going there? You're still going. Terms of Endearment wasn't there. Forgive me. Oh. Uh, all right. God, so <laughs> what were you list. saying, Dean? Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, good work. Keep keep it up, champ. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I won't be a prick and say Ladybird then, or the other one you said. Uh, I kind of feel like he wishes it was over. <laughs> 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 oh, man, I'm so stumped. Fucking hell. Uh, Come on. What was the last movie you saw with your mum? <laughs> 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 that's that's probably even harder than this question. I'm just on a blank slate here. Uh, I feel like what other Julia Roberts films would there be? I mean, I've got no idea. I'll just go my best friend's wedding. That is incorrect. All right, at least I got that point. <laughs> at least you did get that point. No, that was pretty good. Yeah, now you got like Julie and Julia, The First Wives Club, um, The Joy Luck Club, Book Club. Anything with club what, in it is apparently what about a little movie. Women? Little Women, yeah. Little yeah, Women there? Little Women, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could have gone. I could have gone the 2019 and the 1994 version. Don't go. give me no shaking your head, Dean. You, you're, <laughs> was that three to one? Look at the scoreboard. Three you to are one. A letdown to this whole podcast, Hendo. <laughs> 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 All 
Okay, I think we're still in a shutout mode here. Four to seven with Colby having two rounds to our one left. So the next round we got for you, Colby, is the 10 most expensive movies ever made. And this is not not adjusted for inflation. Cool. Xanadu, Cleopatra. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's over. over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> Wait, really? It's Xanadu, over. was it? No. Xanadu is your first pick for most expensive film ever made. Oh, wait. You know what? (laughs) Oh, wow. Was it like Xanadu? Like, like, uh, like, you know what? I'm thinking adjusted. That's my fuck up. What what were you thinking of? Endgame? Like adjusted adjusted for inflation? Like, you literally just said, not adjusted for inflation. So I'm like, yeah, that shit was... You started rolling them off so quickly. Cut off, cut off. That's amazing. How did you you not get BVS, John Carter, Rise of Skywalker, Solo, Justice League, At World's End, Infinity War, Endgame, Age of Ultron, or On Stranger Tides? I literally should have gotten at least half of those. Yes. Oh, we but know. I got so like in the oh yeah, adjusted for inflation. No, no. Xanadu. Oh, <laughs> even though you said adjusted for inflation, you still went Xanadu. I know Xanadu, Xanadu would be on any list. But I thought Xanadu <laughs> was like like a it was like so expensive. Oh lord. I think Xanadu only ends up on the movie starting with X list. It's very true. There's not too many of them. <laughs> wow, I thought this was going to be a shutout. We've got, we've got some room here, Dean. We're back. Right. We are back. <laughs> However, I will say, this next list that I have, I hope, I really, really do hope that you guys ace this one, or else, like, you may have to stop your show. Um, oh, don't say that. What is the top 10 films in the current IMDb 250? Oh, Dean. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. Let's, let's, do you want to just go from one to 10? We'll just, we'll just briefly discuss oh, them as I'll, we go. I'll, yeah, so don't lock anything in, okay? We, we will until, talk. until we say. Yeah, until we say. So, okay. Shawshank. Clearly, clearly Shawshank. Shawshank. Yep. Okay, so that's our, that's our first one. Yep. Yes. Okay, and do we want to just smash off Godfather Part 1 and 2? Yep, do that. Okay. The Dark Knight. Yep. Pulp Fiction. Yep. Lord of the Rings 1 wait, and... Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. Just... Return of the King is definitely in there. Yeah, so is now, Fellowship. Yeah, from where, from what we know, it's number ten. But why don't we just hang on for a second, just in case? Okay, so we're okay. At, so we got Return so of the six. King. Uh, is Schindler's the, List? Yeah. Is the good, the bad, and the ugly still there? Yes. Okay. So what's that? Eight. Yep. Okay. So oh, the um, other is it? Twelve uh, Angry Men. Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll throw in Fellowship. And then Fellowship last. Okay. Yeah. Lock Go. that in. So that's the ten. You guys are really fucking good. All right, yeah, that's your take. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's good. Nice. That's real good. Good job. Nice. Uh, we, right. we, we've done our research. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that brings us up to 14 total. Now, you're on seven, Colby, so you need to get eight of okay. these ten All to right. take the win. Now, now, Colby, take your time. Have a think about it. <laughs> and I'll give you a hint. One of the answers is not Xanadu. All right. Okay. Give me the 10 best picture winning films from the 1970s. So that is 1970 to 1979, not Xanadu. <laughs> yeah, that was the best picture winner in the 80s. <laughs> the Godfather? Yes. The Godfather Part 2? Yes. Damn it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. We're struggling on the third one. I think, the, I think this is it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Oh, my gosh. Um, 70s, 70s. My God, I am not good. 70s. Oh, Lord, Lord. Um, what is that name? It's like a case. 
Kramer versus Kramer. Yes, well done. All right, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> God, oh Lord, uh, da, 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 da. I have no idea when those years are. I'm just trying to think of like stuff that should have won Best Picture in the '70s. There's a war movie in there. '70s is uh, Apocalypse Now. No. Boom. Damn it. We got it. We got Damn. it. All right, so. This is what you missed. Patton. Patton. Then the French Connection. You got The Godfather. Next okay. was The Sting. Uh, then was Godfather 2. After that was One Flew Over, The Cuckoo's, Cuckoo's Nest. Cuckoo's Nest, damn it. Then Rocky. Yeah. Then Annie Hall. Then Deer Hunter. And you did get Kramer versus Kramer. Man, what a turnaround after the first question yet again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ah. Oh. All right, it's good to be back after uh, you know a two-round shutout for Pod V Pod Thirty Six. I'm really happy with that. <laughs> but of course, we won't skip over round three, which is of course is our awesome movie draft. Now, Colby, we let you pick the theme of the draft. What are you going with? Yep. So, um, in celebration of Scoob, that is now available on premium video on demand, it's a beloved cartoon series turned a theatrical release. So, I thought in keeping with that similar theme, we would celebrate a movie draft based on non-superhero television shows adapted to feature films. Very nice. Okay. Uh, we did have a discussion about this, and we we stipulated we could use like certain sections from TV shows that turned into uh, movies as well, didn't we? Correct. Not sections of a street or a building <laughs> or anything like that. But let's say if a, 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 a like a character that came from a TV show and was adapted into a film, then yes. Okay. I I did I did have one that was questionable, but I don't know. We might not even get to that, but we'll see how we go. All right. All right, Colby, you're the guest. You get to choose who goes first, out of you or us. Perfect. Um, I go first. Oh. Okay. Fantastic. All right. All right. Why don't you kick it off then? All right. We're going to go with the ever popular Tom Cruise film, Mission Impossible, the most recent outing, Fallout. Kind of expected that. Good pick. All right. Dean, you can go first out of us. Doesn't really matter. All right. I will. I'm going to try and battle your Fallout pick with what I think is almost as well loved in the old uh, film Twitter universe. I'm going with Mission Impossible Ghost. Protocol. Hey, that's my number two between the, the franchise, so yeah, good one. Yeah, too easy. All right, I'll I'll kick it off with a... Oh, it's a it's a big, big TV series. There's so many films, but I'm going to go with the 2009 remake of Star Trek. Damn, I was hoping that would be uh, left off. Okay, cool. <laughs> very, very good one. Yeah, it's hard to fi- it's hard when you find a reboot, of a reboot to be like the best of the entire series, in my opinion. That's Yeah, de- I know. Definitely. Yeah, crazy. You got two picks here, though, mate. What are you going for? All right, got to make this count. Um, I'm going to go Let me go some comedies, all right? We're going to do Channing Tatum. Don't know where this guy's been at, right? <laughs> <laughs> 21 Jump Street. Very good. Nice gonna, pick. You've basically got our top four here at the moment. Cool. I'm going to back that up with an even bigger comedy in a lot of respects, a cult classic, completely foul mouth of like four uh, middle schoolers. <sighs> With South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Yep, that's that's a good pick. <laughs> uh, I was hoping to get at least one of those. No, you took them both. Good strategy. All right, Dean, what are, what are you going to do here? Gee, we could be in trouble here, Hendo. We're not in trouble. We won already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not liking how this draft is uh, is going for us. Ah, uh, okay. I will take. Uh, da, 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 da. Man, this is tough. 
right, let's let's add a comedy to our list. Let's go Borat. Very good. Nice. Uh, okay. Do we do we add another comedy? We've only got one. He's got two. Hmm. I'm not sure. See, I don't think I don't think any of the comedies there really match up to the the caliber of the of those two Colby has. So I don't really think it's worth it right now. I'm gonna take. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Untouchables. Okay. I thought about it. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> all right, mate. Your last two here. So to kind of end this right, right? What I wanted to do was like, right, I got my, I got an action. I got two really, really strong comedies. So what I wanted to do was want to close it out. I was really hoping for science fiction and just thought that Star Trek was gonna like kind of squeak in there. <laughs> so because I can't get 09, I will take the second greatest Star Trek movie of Star Trek: First Contact. Uh huh. Yeah, that's my sci-fi. I'm gonna end it with a nice kind of suspense drama thriller with The Fugitive, because everybody loves Harrison Ford. Yeah, okay. very good, very good there. All right, Dean, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? All right, uh, I mean, what do I have left? We've got Wayne's World, mm-hmm. Transformers, See, you get- could be culty. No, stop it. Downton <laughs> Abbey is a nice film. Stop it, I said stop. <laughs> That's enough <laughs> out of you. Uh, Look. I, 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 Serenity. Ah, uh, there's a big Firefly crowd, you know. Yeah, there. Why didn't you pick a Colby? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> the show was better <laughs> than the movie. That's why. <laughs> Look, you mentioned a, a, a couple of comedies there. I think, I think if I was to choose another comedy, I would pick The Naked Gun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Did we say Blues Brothers? I would probably prefer Naked Gun and Wayne's World over Blues Brothers. I really think it's down to those two. I mean, we've got four like kind of serious films and one comedy. I think we have to balance it out with with that fifth comedy there. And you reckon Naked Gun is the most popular? I mean, it's it's one of. I don't know. I don't know if it's Naked Gun, Wayne's World, or Blues Brothers. It would be the better one to choose. See, in my mind, I would say Naked Gun would be the least popular. Got to look at the crowd. I mean, look look <laughs> at the the sequels. Wayne's World had one extra sequel. Blues yeah. Brothers had another one. Naked Gun had two more sequels come out. You're talking about popularity. I mean, what does that tell you? They like they like Naked Gun more. I think I think the, my facts and figures there speak volumes. What about the Simpsons movie? No. Simpsons movie what? was good. What? What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you throwing in a fourth contender here? <laughs> we could go another Mission Impossible film. <laughs> I mean, there's always Rogue Nation. Uh, Wish. Our, our list just should have been Mission Impossible 1 to 5. <laughs> Colby takes the 6 and we do the other 5. <laughs> right. what, about, what about 22 Jump Street? We could take that. <laughs> See? What? Uh, no, I, I, I didn't even have that as a contention because once, once, once 21 gets taken, I think 22 is like invalid. But, uh, it, what, do you, what would you take out of those three? Uh, I, I would I would vote for Blues Brothers to be honest. To to not be picked? No, to get picked. I think Blues Brothers to be picked. Okay. I mean, I don't like it. It's a bad movie, but people like it. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm okay with that. All right. Let's do it. Okay. We'll, we'll take Blues Brothers for number five. All right. That is the list. Let's take a look back at the the list here. Colby, you have drafted Mission Impossible Fallout. 21 Jump Street, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, Star Trek First Contact and The Fugitive. And we have Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, 2009 Star Trek, Borat, The Untouchables and The Blues Brothers. All right. Interesting list there. I got to be honest with you. (laughs) I whooped y'all ass in this draft. (laughs) 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 
I'm surprised you didn't go Wrath of Khan. You know what? That's so, what I was waiting for. So yeah. Wrath of Khan, I think th- there, there's a level of like pop culture status with Wrath of Khan. But there I think is. when you look at it in regards to the actual movies themselves. Like, Which no one does. I'm going to trust. <laughs> I'm going to trust film Twitter to do its job. All right. Because I feel like you're going to trust that they look at the first three films in your your draft and go, yeah, that's enough. (laughs) I don't even need to look at the next one. (laughs) I I think if you took Wrath of Khan over First Contact, you would have this in the bag by a mile. But if you took Wrath of Khan, I would have voted for you. (laughs) But this is the thing. Like, I think I think ultimately, right? We're going to take John Luke versus you know the other guy. I'm saying John Luke Picard, bro. I figured Picard. Not not a not a not a Spock fan. Eh, Spock's cool, but I'll give me the new Spock. I would have went, oh, man, 09 is so <laughs> badass. Gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a blind movie draft as usual. This uh, The poll and the results will be done before the time the episode comes out. So very curious to see how this goes. Hopefully we hopefully we can take a 3-0 victory. That, that'll that'll shut Colby up, won't it? It would. I'm going to take <laughs> Never. that. No matter what, that fifth wave is mine. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Hang your head high on that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel real good. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. That's going to do it for this Pod V Pod. Colby, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. This yeah, was so much, hilarious. Man. Great, great Loads time. Loads of fun. Thanks, guys. Would love to come back any other time. Absolutely. Door is always open for you. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find your show? Yeah, once again, you can find your boy. I'm on all the socials, at Kobe Told Me on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're still into Facebook, I am there, at Kobe Mac. When I'm in the mood to write, you can check out my written stylings at my website at KobeToldMe.com. And of course, listen to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, the Kobe Told Me podcast. And remember, when they ask you where you heard it from, tell them Kobe Told Me. Fantastic. All right. Thank you very much, buddy, for coming on. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Right, mate, let's get to... That's my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you is, what is your favourite film from the National Film Registry? All right, like we said earlier, not too many responses, but let's go through them all. First one, over on Twitter, from Ronnie Casol, Jurassic Park. Gidget Von LaRue says, tough pick in just one, but I will go with Amadeus. Hmm, interesting. What about Tony here? He says, Silence of the Lambs, my all-time favourite movie. Not bad, not bad. And last one here on Twitter from Just Joe. Oh, that's just too hard. That said, got to give a shout out to Stanley Kubrick. Five of his 13 features are on that list. That's pretty impressive. All right, let's head over to Facebook here from LJ Human. I'm a real fan of the Zapruda film since seeing it in secondary school, but I guess we're talking about features. Obviously, all the big guns are on here, so I'll avoid some of those, but Memento deserves a mention. Nolan changed modern noir storytelling at the turn of the millennium with this and opened up the 21st century intelligent blockbuster genre with style. It's a nice way of putting Memento. Is Memento a blockbuster? Intelligent blockbuster. Was it busting any blocks? I think it was busting all those intelligent blocks. I think I was busting a nut watching it. I'm not sure it was busting blocks. Were you busting an intelligent nut? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was me, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly on Facebook, from Gerald at Two Ps on a podcast, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Have you seen the original uh, Night of the Living Dead? No, haven't seen the remake either. Hmm, okay. Not a not a zombie fan after your experience with uh what was the one? Day of the Dead? <laughs> is that is that the original in that in that sequ- sequence of movies, is it? What this one here, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I think so. This is the black and white one. Ah, no, nah, I wasn't I wasn't keen on it, I'll be honest. But why don't we move on over to Patron Hendo? Yes, let's do it. Our lovely, lovely patrons. Rob Manafield says the Shawshank Redemption. Chris Beersell says the Shining. Chris from the Roughhouse podcast says Jurassic Park. 
Lastly, on Patreon from Ben Mulverhill, the Shawshank Redemption. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But, Dean, let's do our top five films from the National Film Registry. And as usual, we kick it off with you. What is your number five? I'm going to go with Taxi Driver. Ooh, solid choice. My number five is another De Niro film, The Deer Hunter. Ooh, interesting. Very high. Mm. My number four is The Godfather. Ooh, very good choice. Didn't make my list. What? You you like The Deer Hunter more than The Godfather, really? Yeah, I do. Wow, that's, that's a hot take. This one, this one's a hot take, I reckon. My number four, Platoon. I mean, you've, yeah, I know you love Platoon irrationally, so <laughs> I'm not that surprised. It's not as bad as, you know, your love for Rocky, say. Rocky my didn't make th- my list. Ah, oh, good. Is it? Is it on the? <laughs> is it on the uh, Library of Congress film list? I don't know. I didn't get that far. You didn't get that far. Well, these five films are better than Rocky in my mind, so I'm like, well, I don't need to see if it's on there. All right, my number three film is The Shawshank Redemption. Fair enough. That was my number six, if you're interested. My number three is Memento. God, so modern, Hendo. What? My number two is The Godfather Part (laughs) 2. All right, my number two is Back to the Future. The first one? Is it the only one on there? Don't think they're preserving old Part 3 there. Hey, underappreciated part three. Oh, I agree. I agree. All right. And my number one. God, these are really, really great movies here. None better than Goodfellas, though. Very good. I like those choices. I think I think those five you said are probably like my six to ten, honestly. Goodfellas, no- Godfather Part Two, Shawshank Redemption, Godfather One, and Taxi Driver. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, that could be. That could be. Uh, my number one is Pulp Fiction. Ah, yes, of course. Of course, indeed. And for next week's question of the week, considering we are doing Alfred Hitchcock's Dial In For Murder, why not ask, what is your top five Alfred Hitchcock films? Sounds good to me, Hendo. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, Dean, it's time to find out the first round results in our Tournament of Champions. Now, we do have a tipping competition going here. We have 17 entries overall on our Facebook listener community group and our patrons who are trying to battle us to see who can who can win overall and get some awesome Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch. Let's see how we're going with the first round here. First match here, Casablanca versus Inception. And Inception takes this one down 57%. Ooh, I honestly thought it would be a bigger margin for Inception there. Maybe I'm alone. Uh, next match is The <laughs> Dark Knight against 12 Angry Men. And again, same percentages, 57.9 to 42.1. And The Dark Knight takes it. Again, I would have thought The Dark Knight would have a higher percentage. Maybe I'm sleeping on 12 Angry Men. You might be. There might be maybe 42 is the lowest it'll ever go. My lucky night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next match here, Pulp Fiction defeats Psycho with a 57% victory. And lastly here, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. Ah, your theory has already been debunked. The Empire Strikes Back <laughs> smashes A New Hope 79% to 21. All right, that is the first four rounds here. Now, we will not be doing round two this week coming up because it is our Pod v Pod movie draft. So we'll come back to this next week with the next round two matches. And that being said, with our tipping competition, uh, 17 entries here, 14 of us got four out of four correct, including both of us. 
Nice. All right, so we'll we'll, we'll check back in after round two. Of, uh, let's see if the, the field is getting thinned out by that point. All right, Dean, let's play a little promo here for the guys over at the Epic Film Guys for their live stream for The Cure. Now, that is coming up next week in terms of our release dates here. We are going to be on the Saturday for a nice big one-hour-long pod v pod. It's going to be fantastic, isn't it, Dean? Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun jumping on with Nick, Justin, and Louis Uh Great guys. More importantly, great cause, and I'm so happy that we can be a part of it. Absolutely. We'll play their promo now, and we'll see you back on the other side. I'm Nick. I'm Justin. And I'm Brian. We are the Epic Film Guys. We want to let you know that the fourth annual live stream for The Cure is only a couple weeks away. Every single dollar raised goes to the Cancer Research Institute to help us fight for a future immune to cancer, and once again, donations will be doubled. Join us May 27th through the 31st for 48 hours of content from creators around the world. Please help us spread the word so we can smash our goal of $10,000. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com to make an early donation and to learn more about the event. Together, we can make a difference. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there. And there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it. Yeah, what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. We've also opened up a new little merch store over on Public. We've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale. So if you're at all interested in getting a little bit of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, head on over there and see if anything tickles your fancy. Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Hendo controls our main handle at the Movie Journey, and I am at Dean's 250 Journey. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Movie Journey, our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterboxd.com slash Dino underscore J88. Really rolls off the tongue. And you can find Hendo at letterbox.com slash Hendo. And we also also have a new Facebook discussion group. Yeah, a little listener community going on over there. Yeah, head on over, join up. We'd love for you to be a part of the discussion. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. And like we've said, if you screenshot your review and DM us, we'll send you out some new sweet, sweet merch. Or if you're really loving the show and want more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, we've got over 70 episodes over there, including such classic film series like the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series, as well as some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there, early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate? Well, Dean, we're heading into the nearly the end game of Harry Potter, and we're into Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I mean, if we were getting into the end game of Harry Potter, it would be Deathly Hallows Part 2, wouldn't it? Mm, that's why I said we're nearly getting into it. We've still got three movies left to cover, don't we? They'll come quicker than you think, Dean. Waiting for joke. Waiting for joke here. I mean, there's so many, you know, <laughs> Hendo comes quickly jokes. I just, I don't know which yeah, one to take. Your head almost exploded. <laughs> 
Uh, we've got to give a big shout out to our two new awesome patrons, and that is Adrian Eastham and Mina Harker. Thank you so much for your contribution. You guys, it's it's I love it. Every every time it's fantastic. Uh, it's amazing. We really appreciate it. Yeah, perfect time to join up. Well, isn't it, Dean? Because this is our this is our month where we're doing a big raffle to see who's going to win a movie journey t-shirt. So anyone who's a patron for this month joins up. Obviously, the more tickets, the better, depending on your tier level. But yeah, we're going to give away a nice movie journey t-shirt. It sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it, Dean? Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. The good. The bad. Alright, before we get into everything else we've been watching, just a quick heads up, we will not be spoiling the following films. So if you have not seen them yet, don't fear, we won't ruin them for you. Now, Hendo, how many films have you watched in the last two and a half months? Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? You can go first. All right, I've seen 23. All right. And that's, ex- and that's excluding all the, the bonus episodes we did a long time ago, all the Harry Potters, all the Lord of the Rings. We're not talking about any of those. This is all fresh films. No rewatches, all, all fresh yeah, films. Also, also, all the rewatches we're excluding. Like, I've, I've watched a few... Golden Compass I watched. Yeah, I, I think I started moving towards Labyrinth. more of the rewatches so I didn't have to talk about them now. All right. Well, do you want to hear how many I've watched, Hendo? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say six. No, it's actually seven. Ah. <laughs> Fair enough. I, f- I forgot to add one on Letterbox that you didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> you sneaky bastard. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll kick it off here. Remember, a lot of these are going to be really quick because, yeah. Long time ago, I saw these. Not this one, though. I saw this a little uh, maybe a week ago. Uh, my number 23 is A Score to Settle. This what is, is a terrible Netflix Nick Cage film that popped up. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't watched one of these in a very long time. Why don't we stick this on? Holy shit. This is so bad. It's about a former mob enforcer who was released from prison after serving 22 years for a crime he didn't commit, who sets out on a path for revenge against the people who wronged him. I mean... <laughs> It, this is ridiculous. I, I, I literally, I went to go log it in on Letterboxd the day after I watched it and actually forgot the name of the movie. It's so generic. I could not tell you what the movie was. I actually had to go back and look through a Nick Cage filmography to find out which one it was. And Did you say you, it was Scott, a mob a mob enforcer who is wrongly convicted of something? Yeah, he, he was part of I mean, of surely a- he's guilty of enough <laughs> being a mob enforcer to really... I mean, wrong conviction is a stretch, is it not? That's, that's the least of this movie's problems. Seriously, this film, it's a Nick Cage terrible film. What can you say? There, there's apparently this big, big twist that happens three quarters of the way through the film that I want to meet the person that didn't predict this twist three minutes into the film because it's so telegraphed. It's unbelievable. Yet they they sh- they pass it off to this massive twist like, ooh, you didn't see this one coming with like flashbacks and shit. And I'm like, bro, like, come on. you got to be a fucking idiot to not, to not realize what was coming up. This is a terrible film. One star. One star. Starting low. Well, with 23 films, so you got to start low here. Which brings me to my number 22 film, and it's a film I watched yesterday. It's Capone. Oh, wow. Wow. Do you know what the difference is between Adolf Hitler and Al Capone? Hitler's dead. Capone lives like a king in Florida. He has full-blown dementia. I have reason to believe it could all be an elaborate act. What's this about? We have information that your client may have tucked away a very large sum of money. 
This was Number 22. Shit. This was that, so shit. That's horrible. So it's bad Hardy, is it? Yeah, Hardy plays Al Capone after he's 10 years in prison and he's he's got dementia and he shits himself and pisses himself and dribbles and Oh my god, uh, can I uh, can I talk? Can I talk about this? I was sure. coming home the other day and there was a guy being arrested on the side of the road. Um there was he had no shirt on and he had clearly shat his pants. <laughs> Yeah, you laughed. It wasn't funny at the time. It was really awkward. <laughs> well, I just stopped for pictures. I mean, I slowed down, sure. I was, I was on my on, bike. Mate? I mean, I had the kids with me, so I was like, come on, kids, get it. Move, yeah, move. Quickly, quickly. Meanwhile, I'm I'm breaking. <laughs> Ooh, what happened here? <laughs> no, okay, so this film is so incoherent. It is a giant mess. Uh, there's things that happen in this film that don't make any sense compared to where they start, like things that get revealed, that the way it's set up at the start of this film, make it it makes no sense whatsoever. Like so many plot holes that don't need to be there. Tom Hardy looks, yeah, he looks weird and he puts in a sh- weird performance. I can't even, I don't even want to say it's a good performance because he's just, eh, 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 eh. that's what he does. He talks like that. He's like, eh, that's eh, not like Tom Hardy eh. at all. But this isn't a good performance. If like, He's normally <sighs> so eloquent and clear. Easy to another, understand. Another Tom Hardy film where I feel like I fucking needed subtitles because I had no idea what he was saying at any point in this film. It's it's such an incoherent mess of a film. It was boring. It was so boring as well. I'm sitting there having no idea what is going on. You kind of, I think you have to kind of go into this movie and know the entire history of Al Capone to understand what the hell is going on in this film. And did you, I was did you lost. know any of that history? Literally nothing about him. He was Good. a gangster. That's it. Yep. Yep. So bored, a mess, an absolute mess, one star. So you're saying that Robert De Niro did it better? Just a little. All right, on to my number 21 film. It's a film I saw a very long time ago now. It's called The Rhythm Section. This is a 2020 film starring Blake Lively about a woman who seeks revenge against those who orchestrated a plane crash that killed her family. And again, on the same line as, I guess, Capone and Escorta said, all, it's very incoherent and boring. There's so many instances where the movie's practically begging you to stretch your believability to the point where it snaps. Lively, she's pretty good in the role, but everything else around her is just like nothing. It's an actual nothing. This You could have taken out all the long pauses and staring in this film, and it would have been under 90 minutes. It's you know, They expect you to believe that this regular, regular girl who takes, a, you know, there's like one scene of her doing some assassin training, and boom, she's like the best assassin in the world. Like, give me a break. It's uh, From what I remember, terrible film. One and a half stars. I mean, when you find your rhythm, you've got it, you know? Not quite my tempo, that film. How long did it take you to come up with that, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> I always have it on the back burner. Oh. All right, my number 20 film is a Netflix film that came out a little while ago called Spencer Confidential. Did you hear about this one? It rings a bell. The Mark Wahlberg, Winston Duke, cop tag team buddy stupid shit film about when two Boston police officers are murdered. You've got an ex-cop Spencer who teams up with his no-nonsense roommate Hawk to take down the criminals. And again, almost like a, uh, a score to settle, this was such a forgettable movie that I actually forgot to log it. It took me a week and looking back at my Netflix activity history to realize that I had watched this film and to log it as a one and a half. Fair enough. Sounds pretty rough. All right, my number 19, I've been going, I've been letting the patrons do a little poll and, and picking a film from each year from 2019 down as to what film I should watch from that year. Just four random films. Let's, uh, let's, let's pick one and have a watch. And this one was the 2017 pick. Another Mark Wahlberg film, All the Money in the World. Ah, oh, the uh, Kevin Spacey film. I didn't watch that one. 
Uh, yeah, Michelle Williams and that other old guy. Christopher Plummer. That's a one. Yeah. What do you think of that? I didn't mind it. I think I probably was a bit higher on it than you seem to be. I thought it was quite bland. No, there's nothing offensive about it. It's just blah. Just, there was nothing memorable about this film. It was very boring a lot of the way through it. I can't really re- tell you much about the film in the end. Didn't have any effect on me whatsoever. I give it two stars. Okay, I was probably about there, actually. Number 18 for me is another 2020 film called The Hunt. Not the Mads Mikkelsen film. Have you heard of The Hunt, Dean? Uh, I have, uh, but I believe the Mads one is meant to be better. Am I, am I out of line by saying that? You are not out of line. You're very, very strong and positive with your thoughts there. This one, this hunt, is about 12 strangers who wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know why they've been chosen, but they've been chosen for a very specific purpose. The hunt. Makes sense. This starts off subverting your expectations pretty quickly, and I I like that a lot. And I think the lead actress in this film, she is a standout. Like Compared to everyone else in this film, she puts in a very good performance. There's a couple of nice little scenes, you know, good action every once in a while. But overall, I felt like this was a bit of a bore in the scenes where she wasn't involved. Bit of a mess. I think the final act is pretty forgetful. Two and a half stars. Okay. Moving on to my number 17, another 2020 film on Netflix, Lost Girls. Never heard of it. Okay. Stars Amy Ryan. It's a true story about Mari Gilbert, whose daughter disappears. And when the police in action drives her own investigation into the gated Long Island community where she was last seen, her search brings attention to over a dozen murdered sex workers. And I think Amy Ryan is very, very good in this film. Do I do I know who Amy Ryan is? Yeah, she is Michael Scott's girlfriend in the office. Uh, the one that he ends up with? Yes. Okay, yep. Uh, like I said, I think she's the best part of this film. Uh, whenever she's on the screen, she's putting in a pretty goddamn good, good performance. But I think the rest of the film is a bit of a drag. It takes a long time for things to, to happen along the way. The ending was definitely a bit of a gut punch, but I feel like... Along the way, I definitely got bored in a lot of spots. So two and a half stars for me. Okay. Number 16 is an old Brian De Palma film, Nick Cage's Snake Eyes. Had you never seen Snake Eyes? I had not seen Snake Eyes. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, how does a film with such an amazing first 15 minutes with that gorgeous one take throughout the entire boxing match following Nick Cage around, how does it nosedive into the most generic and formulaic crime flick? I cannot believe how strong this film started. Like this would have been at a four stars in that first fifteen minutes. And I was really digging it, and then it just went to generic and boring, and dropped it down to two and a half for me. Yeah, the opening's really good. I do not remember the end of this film at all. It's generic. It's super generic, and just nothing special to it whatsoever. But we do have a review here for Snake Eyes from Brian Clarkson. Snake Eyes thudded because Nicolas Cage was annoying, and the film was too predictable. That's definitely going to lower your film, isn't it? Doesn't help, Endo. Okay, my number 15, we're in Recommends now. That's, I must say, that's actually a pretty good run. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it in the end. But my number 15 is Hannah from 2011. Have you heard of this film? Yeah, I've heard it. Uh, heard of it. I wanted to watch it, but I couldn't actually find it where I was looking. Should have looked a little harder. Mm. Yeah, this has Shersha Ronan and Eric Banner in it, about a 16-year-old girl who was raised by her father to be a perfect assassin. She's dispatched on a mission across Europe, tracked by a ruthless intelligent agent and her operatives. And I thought this was entertaining enough. I did see that probably this is one of the films I saw the longest time ago, so I don't really remember too much about it. But I think Shersha Ronan, from memory, was very good in it. Uh, the action is not too bad, and I didn't mind the story. So three stars for me. Okay. On to number 14, Netflix again. Chris Hemsworth coming in for an extraction. I probably should have seen this film. You probably should have. 
It's probably the yeah. biggest film to come out in the last three months. It'd be close to it for sure. I mean, the, the, if you were just looking for, you know, an action film that's just going to shut your brain off for an hour and a half, it's perfect. It's, it's, I think the action choreography in this film is pretty outstanding. It's, Looks very really good when you're doing the action. The story overall is once again it's super generic. It's super boring. He's just he's basically taking this kid to get protected. He's trying to get them trying to get this kid out of the city when you've got hundreds and hundreds of people after these two people, and he's on his own. Things like that. When the action happens, it's good. There's a massive massive looking one take shot throughout the, uh, in the middle of the film. It's clearly not one take, but they, it's set up so so it is. It looks like one take. The action in it is really good. Chris Hemsworth holds his own. Three stars. Enjoyable. Chris Hemsworth holds his own. Against who? The random kid. Holds his own for an entire film. All right. What number are you up to now, Hendo? Well, that was 14, but I do have a review here from Short and Sweet Film Reviews. Extraction has a live wire pulse running through it and offers some theatrical thrills that are often missing from Netflix original action films. However, beware of the standard over-the-top villains and obvious plot twists along with underdeveloped characters. Two and a half for that film. Month to number 13 now, Dean. We're going back to the 80s. It's a film... The Dan from Netflix and Swill recommended during the movie watching challenge way back in the day that I never got to. So I decided to watch it now. And that is Tom Hanks in The Burbs. Ah, I have seen The Burbs. You have seen The Burbs. Hey? I didn't know if you had or not. Outrageously forgettable. Yeah, I but mean. I, but I have no doubt had I watched it when I was 10 to 12, I would have loved it. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. Tom Hanks in, in that wacky period he was when he was doing Big and and all those other just general comedies before he got super serious. He's good in the film. Like he he he's funny. There's a lot of a lot of scenes in that film where I had a good laugh. The I guess I think the problem with the film is that it's it's just very repetitive. Like there's a scene like this. Hey, we got to check out this this uh this evil house. Let's do something. Ooh, wacky hijinks ensue. All right, let's try again tomorrow. Ooh, wacky hijinks ensue. Over and over again. I'm like okay. You're getting a bit repetitive here, but I still had a good time with it, and it's three stars. Yeah, I don't remember what I give it. Maybe two and a half. I certainly wouldn't want to watch it again. Anyway, my number 12 is... Yeah, I think this is the film I saw the longest time ago now. 50-50. Yeah, this is another one of those films that I saw, will never watch again, and remember fuck all about it. Yeah, it didn't have that much of a lasting impression on me. Is it super depressing? It is at certain points, like it... I think it's more drama than comedy. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen doing usual Seth Rogen humor in it with a more serious note. Uh, look, I, I I would recommend it. I honestly can't tell you too much about it, though, now. Three stars. All right. What are we at? 11? We are up to number 11, and that is Miss Sloan. Did you see this one? Ah, Sloan. You have no oh, idea, do you? Jessica Chastain? That's the one? Wow, I didn't think you were going to get that. No, I have not seen it. How did it, God, how do I remember that? What's it about? Uh, in the high-stakes world of political power brokers, Elizabeth Sloan is the most sought-after and formidable lobbyist in DC. But when taking on the most powerful opponent of her career, she finds winning may come at too high a price. God, that sounds boring. Look, it's it's good enough. They're, it's a very dialogue-heavy film. It's got a good supporting cast along the way. I I think that the final third act of this film really elevated it to the point where I'd recommend it. The first two thirds are fine, but I think when it really kicks in at the end, I think it pays off enough to say three stars. Okay, another three starer. Mm-hmm. Same with this one. My last three star film on here. Number 10 is Marty Scorsese's The Aviator. <laughs> yeah, I hated this the first time I watched it. Absolutely hated it. I mean, it's long. 
It's definitely long. It's overly long. Yes. And how annoying is Kate Blanchard in it? Oh, not really. I thought she was fine. Like she might be accurate to the the real life person, but God, she was annoying. No, I didn't have a, I didn't have an issue with her. Even Leo it, is pretty annoying in this, to be honest. I think the length is really the the biggest uh, star dropper, I guess, for this film because I really felt the length. It it felt like it went on forever. DiCaprio's fine in it. There's nothing outstanding with his performance. I think where it excels is actually Scorsese's telling of Howard Hughes, especially when he's 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 locked himself up and it go and he has all those trips. I think that was handled very well. I like all the 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 look at her, the old the old way movies were filmed and those those old school movies. I enjoyed all that part of it. Uh, not the best Scorsese film overall, but by a long shot, three stars. Was the spruce moose in it? <laughs> I, I said, said hop in. in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number nine is another Netflix film. It was called. It was called. It is called The Platform. I heard about this one. Probably should have watched this one as well, but you know, definitely should have watched this one. I was busy. Uh, I I really dug it. Three and a half stars for this one. It's about a vertical prison with one cell per level, two people per cell, and only one food platform and two minutes per day to feed them from the top. Way down to the bottom. I uh, know it sounded. It sounded kind of like Cube. No, because it's not like they're trying to beat all these tricks and traps along the way. It's more of a a think piece on hierarchy and you know class levels. Oh, a think piece. Mm. It is. There's there's a lot of thinking, like a lot of big discussions throughout the film as they're mulling over their days in prison while the food gradually drops once per day. I still recommend you check it out. I think it's a it's an interesting concept. It's an, obviously the message is not so subtle. It's definitely rammed down your throat. I think the first act is very very solid. I think the second act was pretty good, and it definitely starts to lower on the third act. Unfortunately, it is super short in the runtime, so that's a, a, a obviously a positive. It's a decent overall watch from Netflix. So three and a half from me. We'll see. I've still got to finish the Last Dance doco. Oh yeah, me too. Are you are you up to date at the moment? You got two episodes left. Oh yeah, two to go. How good was the Space Jam part? It was awesome. It, went to, it was so short. I'm like, oh, it's over. No. This isn't a making of Space Jam, Hendo. They could have had one whole episode on Space Jam. <laughs> All right. My number eight. I think you're going to be speaking about this film as well. It is Pixar's Onward. Ah, yes. It features a lot higher than number eight for me, Hendo. But in terms of a ranking level here, is it going to be at the same sort of particular level as my eight out of 23? Uh, pretty similar, pretty similar. All right, well, I'll let you talk since you haven't really said too much. What do you think of Onward? Is it Onward and Upward or Onward and Downward? It's Onward and it is Upward. It is Very good. It's good. A lot of people sort of said, oh, very middling, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not a big fan of the animation style. I'm not even a huge fan of the voice casting of Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, but I actually think... The relationships I bought into enough. Um, yeah, that's what Pixar does good. Yeah, I mean, boy, do they do it good. I, I was tearing up at the end, as per usual for me and Pixar. So, I mean, you're looking at father and son relationships. It's it's gonna yeah, hit. It's gonna hit it. Father and son. Yeah, it's more. It's more brother. It's more. Oh yeah, fair enough. It's yeah, all that all that stuff is very touching. I I I give it three and a half stars. I give it three and a half too. I think the Pratt and Holland stunt casting wasn't necessary. You didn't need it. Pixar are a big enough brand where you can have actual voice actors doing these roles and not having to have the big star power come in to attract in, what, kids to watch this film. 
You don't need that. I thought it would have done better with actual voice actors. I agree with you. I think it's it's emotional at points. It's a good adventure film as well. Uh, not a big standout in Pixar's filmography. Still very enjoyable, though. Three and a half from me, too. Yeah. All right. A review for Onward here from FN Miller Film Reviews. Onward has most of the right stuff, is certainly better than the Car series or Brave, and belongs on the shelf of those upper echelon Pixar films while falling just short of their lofty heights. All right, we're up to you. Number seven, The Pits. The absolute worst of the worst, mate. Number seven, what do you got? I mean, it has to be Cats. Oh, you watch Cats. I did. Uh, what is wrong eldest, with you? My eldest daughter, Mia, wanted to watch it. So on it went and I watched it and then I got up and started doing things in the kitchen while it was on. Um, it's it's uh, It's almost unwatchable. There is one or two songs that are that I don't mind and are actually new in it. And yeah, that's I mean, that's the only reason it gets one star instead of half a star. But it is it is horrifically bad. Uh, I don't feel like I have any reason to watch this film now. It's almost I I mean, I wanted to watch it just to see if it actually was that bad and if it's if it's funny at how bad it is. It just makes no sense. Yeah, like from what you, I've heard. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't think they did either. It's just a very bizarre film. Uh, who knows? I might watch it eventually in a very, very long time. Who knows? All right, over to my number seven. A much better film than Cats would be. It is The Place Beyond the Pines. Ah, uh, yes. I remember when I saw that. Very uh, surprising film. Definitely surprising. Man, I don't... The thing is, I, this is a film I saw many, many months ago now. I can't really remember too much about it. I think the performances from memory were pretty standout. Bradley Cooper was a big standout in this film. Even Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendes, their relationship was, was quite touching as well. Very realistic, the, no doubt. Sorry? Very realistic, no doubt. I mean, it might be. The The big change in tone about You know they're together through, in real life, don't you? I actually didn't. Now that makes sense what oh, you said. Yeah, no, they've, they're like a long-term Hollywood couple. Were they together at this point in 2012? Uh, surely, yes. All right, fair enough. Uh, the big tone shift about halfway through the film, I knew about that, so that wasn't a, a big wow factor for me. But it didn't it didn't take anything away from the film from for me. If I I would say I would probably say the first half is better than the second half overall. Okay. And yeah, that'd be about it. Three and a half for me. Okay, so I've just looked it up. Eva Mendes and Ryan Gosling began dating in 2011 while filming this film. Yeah, Sparks Makes sense. were a flying hendo. <laughs> All right, here's a review for The Place Beyond the Pines by Lindsay Dunn. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. The bond and independence between sons and fathers is the major theme of this movie. Any break in that chain and you have a wound so deep, it's almost insurmountable. Devastating cinema. All right, over to your number six, buddy. What do you got? The Wrong Missy. Uh, I was going to say, what the hell are you doing? But I watched Capone, so I can't talk. Yeah, but Capone could have been all right. I knew what I was getting into when I put the wrong Missy on. <laughs> did you uh, Did you see a trailer for this? No. Uh, no, I did not. Oh, mate. I saw a trailer for this. I'm like, no fucking way. Yeah, I watched this film like three days ago now and it's, I don't know, like- What persuaded you to watch it? Did you see Mr. David Spade on your Netflix? Like, oh, that looks like a film I want to watch. He was good in the do-over. I mean, I haven't seen a bad, like, Sandler-type film on Netflix in a while. I was having some withdrawals. It was a very rare moment of me being uh, home alone and I was just bored out of my mind and 
I was flicking through Netflix and there it was. So on it went. And it oh, is Netflix know their audience. It it is so bad. <laughs> it is unbelievably bad. The main actress in it, oh my god, like I know I know that she is playing someone who is meant to be annoying, but she is so annoying. <laughs> And the whole plot, like, the, you know the plot five minutes in. You know exactly how it's going to go, what the issue will be, and how it's going to end. And it's just, as soon as it started, I was like, oh, I'm going to spend an hour and a half watching these people. But Did you laugh? I think I laughed twice. Wow. I'm, I'm so, surprised. One one star for the wrong Missy. It really is, uh, it's, it's not good, Ando. I will avoid this. All right, we've got a review here from the one and only Golbo. A pretty lazy bro comedy filled with tropes and real-life cartoon characters we don't care about. This was another one of those films, Hendo, where I felt like it, this was just a good excuse to go to a tropical island and mm-hmm. have a holiday whilst they happen to be filming a film. Classic Sandler production company. It is. All right, my number six film is a film that I feel like I needed to check off my movie-watching list is uh, Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused. Ah, Chekhov's Dazed and Confused. <laughs> I know that's not what it means, but that was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I'm surprised I learnt something in this film that uh, Jeremy London has a twin brother named Jason London. I was shocked. Am I meant to know who either of those people are? You're probably not meant to know who Jason London is. I know Jeremy London from uh, Morats and even from Party of Five. Because I saw Jeremy London in this film. Like, yeah, that's Jeremy London. Hendo, Hendo, what's the go of Party of Five? Was it actually a party with five people? It wasn't so much of a party, was it? I mean, I've never seen an episode and you referenced as knowing someone from it, so I figure you have. I feel like Jeremy London was the sixth member of Party of Five. He might have even been the seventh, honestly. He wasn't even one of the five? No. I mean, in fairness, it's a pretty exclusive party, isn't it? Party of Five had Matthew Fox and Nev Campbell, I'm pretty sure, as the two leads. Okay. Were those the ones who were partying more than anyone else? Would they you were say? definitely the partiers. They were definitely the Ooh. hardcore partiers. I could be wrong on that. Definitely Matthew Fox. Oh, definitely Nev Campbell. Anyway, Dazed and Confused, which is what I feel right now after talking about Party of Five, it's pretty good. Uh, three and a half overall for this film. You uh, Have you seen it? No. Well, you did not like Everybody Wants Some, did you? No. Okay, you won't like this film. And I I really loved Everybody Wants Some. So I definitely enjoyed this more than I thought. A crazy crazy list of cast members from people who weren't as famous as obviously back then. Like there's Joey Lauren Adams, Miller Jovovich is in it, Ben Affleck, obviously Matthew McConaughey, Adam Goldberg is in it. I didn't know these people were in it. They kept showing up. I'm like, ah, that's a nice little uh, touch of uh, nostalgia there to see these actors start off in their young little budding career. If I'm going to say something, I guess, negative about it, not a lot happens, but it's one of those films where it's just a day in the life of these kids at school. It's their final day uh, at high school. Just general shit happens. You know, the the, the, the bicker and banters between the freshmen and the, the seniors. I forgot what they were called. The freshmen and the seniors. They have a big party. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's, it's good fun. Three and a half. Fair enough. Uh, Scott Wolf, one of the five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Scott Wolf, but I forgot his last name, and he wasn't really that memorable, was he? Lacey, Lacey Ch- Chabert. Lacey Chabert, I'm going to say it is. Chabert. Sure. Chabert. Uh, 
She's also one of the five. And the fifth member of this five is actually a young child. And the storyline is five siblings raise each other following their parents' untimely deaths. Doesn't sound like much of a party. I'm just going to no. put that out there. <laughs> Quite a... Uh, how many episodes of Party of Five do you reckon there are, Endo? Do you want to know? go episodes or seasons? No, episodes. How many episodes? Let's go with 132. Damn, that's pretty close. 143. There you go. What's that ran out like seven seasons? Uh, six seasons. Ah, fair enough. All right. That's enough Party of Five talk forever. Why don't we go to your number five? <laughs> uh, my number five uh, I watched very recently, uh, The Terminal. Okay. What do you think Tom of that? Tom Hanks. Have you seen yes, it? Yes, I know. Yes, I know. I know The Terminal. I have not seen so it. You, you haven't seen it. Okay. No. Spielberg, well, yeah. Tom, yeah, Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Can't go wrong, right? Wrong. Ooh. Wrong, Hendo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not horrible, but Tom Hanks is playing some, like, European guy who barely speaks English, and when he does, it's what? in a super ridiculous accent. It is so off-putting. The whole Ugh. movie, I'm just like, oh, no. I'm hoping that this is some ruse and he's actually a con man, but it I like never how the happens. whole movie you were like, oh, no. like Not just the first time he spoke when you're like, oh, no. <laughs> just every time, oh, no. Surely they can't be serious. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's basically about this guy who lives at, a, at an airport and it's about how he forms a life there. And it's super boring. It's okay. super long. It's like two and a half hours long. The relationships... I did not care less about. It's got this weird ending. The whole motivation for everything I felt was so minor. And even though it's big for the character, I still did not feel like the actions were justified. Definitely not enough to make me sit on the couch for two and a half hours. Uh, For me, two stars. Okay. One of those Spielberg films I'll be avoiding. Yeah. That and that horse one. In the war. War horse. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, glad I nudged over the edge there. My number five is a Coen Brothers film. Now, I did a guest spot with Gerald on Two Peas in a Podcast recently where we talked about our top five heist films. And this was on his list and he basically, I basically told him I would watch it before the episode came out, which I've done. And that is Raising Arizona. You know, I must say, I was uh, listening to that episode. I was riding around as I do and... When you said, I will watch it before the episode comes out, I thought, no fucking way he watches this. So I messaged you immediately, like, what do you think of Raising Arizona? And, he, and you wrote back with some review of it. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, so do you know about Raising Arizona? Nicolas Cage is in it. Uh, yep. All I know is what I heard on the podcast. Okay. Well, he's an ex-cop and Holly Hunter is in... No, sorry. Nick Cage is an ex They steal a kid or something? Yeah. And these are the good guys? Yeah? Yep. Yeah, they are. It's it's a quirky Coen Brothers film. It's definitely along the lines of uh, Oh Brother Are Out Thou sort of film. They they steal a baby Hail from- Caesar. Yeah. Uh, Hail Caesar's not good, though. I, I really like this film. They steal a, a baby. I think this woman has, I think, quintuplets, and, and they go oh, on the- So uh, she doesn't need them all. That's the That's their reasoning. <laughs> She doesn't need them all. We'll take one. They can't have a kid. They want a kid. So they steal the baby. John Goodman's in it as well as uh, an ex-con who comes in on the scene. And, you know, hijinks ensue. It's very wacky. It's it's quite funny. I give it three and a half stars. Can we do a breakdown episode by episode of Party of Five, please? <laughs> 
Yeah, you I can reckon do it yourself. This is, it's going to be called Party this, of One. This is a uh, story of my life. This is an untapped uh, market, I reckon, that we are ignoring, Hendo. You got to put a copyright on it now. Party of. Can you just grab a random episode and just tell me the plot? I want to know what happens in like season three somewhere. All right, pick an episode. Is the party season, still going? Season three, episode what? Uh, six. Okay, here we go. Kirsten's parents arrive in town after Claudia had told them about Kirsten's worsten, worsened mental condition and they immediately quarrel with Charlie. <gasps> Woo, party! I mean, I, I mean, come on. This is, this is huge. And this is gold. I mean, this is actually a really long plot summary. I'm going to keep going. Uh, they decide to take her back to Chicago to have her committed to a mental hospita- hospital <laughs> with a court order if possible. Meanwhile, Bailey and Callie start to confide in each other about their past history. Callie about her relationship with her distant father who is having a 60th birthday party this weekend and Bailey about his strained relationship with Charlie. Also, Julie and Sarah fly east to interview at Dartmouth in hopes of going to college there. But Sarah becomes worried and homesick almost is this a immediately. <laughs> this is huge. This is a 44-minute episode. Summary? No, this is a 44-minute episode and they fit all that Please. in. We, we have, have to, to watch, watch the episode it. now. We can skip that one when we get to it now. <laughs> oh, it's got an 8.5 on IMDb. 8.5? <laughs> Guess how many people have rated that episode? <laughs> uh, I'll say 312. 49. <laughs> Yeah, oh. we, can, we can tap into that 49 listener viewership for Party of Five. Oh, God. Oh, right. Dang, you my broke num- the cardinal rule. No more talking about Party of Five. All right, my number four, which was the earliest movie, latest movie? No, earliest, oldest movie, longest time since I've seen it movie. It also happened to be the last movie I saw at the cinemas. So, may as well shout out, uh, Peninsula Cinemas. Uh, maybe don't go there at the moment because you won't be able to get in, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, we have, on the 18th of March, I went and saw Dark Waters. Okay. Tell us about Dark Waters, mate. Okay, so Dark Waters stars Mark Ruffalo and Anne Hathaway. Also, Tim Robbins is in it. Uh, and it's about an attorney who's taking on an environmental company, etc., etc. It's very Erin uh, Brockovichy. Okay. This film is overly long. <laughs> it's funny I say overly long. It actually only goes for just over two hours, but it feels very, very long. Uh, it's very depressing. It's very dry. And I think the worst thing about it is that it's kind of this scary true story with no happy ending. And you sort of walk out of the movie and, just, and you just think, well, we're all fucked then. Uh, yeah. What can we do? Not much. Have you seen it? No, but I know what it's about. Yeah, it's it's very dour. Yeah. So, for me, two and a half stars. Like, it's a well-made film. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. Performances are good. It looks all right. It's just, it puts you in a bad mood. Well, I'll try and avoid it then. I don't want to be in a bad mood with all the shit that's going on at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good time to watch that movie. I'll give you the hot tip. <laughs> Got a review here from Ryan Alteri. Not since Aaron Brockovich have I seen such a compelling drama about... A corrupt cover-up by a massive company and its attempt to silence the victims and all those whom would help take it down. Thanks for that, Ryan. All right, on to my number four. Another film I feel like I should have checked off this list a while ago, Boys in the Hood. Ah, that is a very good film. It is a very good film. Great performances from Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ice Cube as well. Really well-directed film as well. I think the story was very engaging and kept me 
focused throughout the entire film. There was never a, a dull point in this film where I was, you know, floating off and not really paying attention. Very emotional at times as well. And I had a good time with it. Three and a half. It's like, like fucking two months ago I saw it. <laughs> you can tell. Yeah. You can tell, Hendo. <laughs> all right, over to your number three, mate. Wow, that that could be your worst review of all time. <laughs> oh no, that's a that's a hot take. We've done some other ones. That is that was piss poor. I don't think you have even seen that movie to be honest. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, uh, okay. My number three, Escape from Alcatraz. Okay, I saw this a really long time ago. Don't really remember much about it at all. Uh, it's about Clint Eastwood in Alcatraz trying to escape. That makes now, sense. Now, what I love. What I love is that it's a true story because I find it all fascinating. And when the movie finished, I did a lot of like, you know, Googling about it all, the real story, et cetera, et cetera. So I found the actual subject very good for for a pretty old movie. It wasn't boring either. Clint Eastwood is obviously very charismatic on screen. Screen, I I really enjoyed it. Three and a half stars. Fantastic. Who doesn't love a prison breakout movie? No one in this discussion right now, which brings me to my number three. The Gentleman. Very nice. Yeah, very entertaining film. Hugh, Hugh Grant. God. <laughs> he's a pisser. He is an absolute classic. Yeah, he's very funny. This is just this is this is like quintessential Guy Ritchie here. Guy Ritchie gangster film. Definitely, obviously, uh you can you can get the snatch and lockstock vibes coming from this film. He's gone back to his roots from Aladdin and King Arthur and that. He does what makes it work for him, and this one really does work. I think the story overall was really good. The twists and turns that happened throughout the film. Some of them were predictable. Some of them weren't. Uh, I had a really good time with this one. This is a three and a half star film as well. Yeah, I did I did really like this. For me, when I, I gave it a strong four stars, it was never going to be three and a half for me. Uh, yeah, really, really entertaining movie. We have a review here for The Gentleman from Turner Crat 2024. The Gentleman was a return to form for Guy Ritchie. This is his genre. Hunnam was good and it was an interesting story. All right, over to your number two. My number two is Onward. So back to you, Hendo. Okay, my number two is the 2018 film the patrons got me to watch, which was Overlord. Have you heard of Overlord? Uh, yes. It's a horror movie with a really red poster. It's not a horror film. What? It is not a horror film. Really? Yeah. It is so a- is all the red on the poster not actually blood? Does it have to have blood in it to be a horror film? I mean, most would, yeah. Especially ones getting made today. It could be an action film. Is it an action film? It's more of an action film than a horror film. So it's not an action film either. It's an action film, fucking. <laughs> Read between the lines. <laughs> it's about a small group of American soldiers who fuck. <laughs> okay. This- <laughs> <laughs> All right. This this plot isn't helping my cause here. A small group of American soldiers find horror behind enemy lines on the eve of D-Day. Oh, I can't imagine why I thought it would be a horror film. Uh, look, okay, there, there may be some scenes where it might, I don't know, it might frighten you. Probably not. It's probably going to gross you out more than frighten you. The action's really solid in this film. It takes a, a very interesting turn halfway through it. I really enjoyed all the characters that were in it and the conflicts I had both internally and with the enemy as well. It, It's not... I think it's long, but it doesn't feel like it's long. It, it's very well paced. Great action. I really enjoyed it. It's three and a half stars. Okay. I have no desire to see it. I'm sure it's very good, though. Still waiting on uh, the next wrong missy. All right. Uh, what do we got? My number one. You ready, Hendo? 
Sure. It is Captain Phillips. Look at me. I am, I am the, the captain, captain now. now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Captain Phillips. True story. Tom Hanks. Really good film. Cool. Thank you for that review. On to my number one. I thought, oh, I mean, one of the best things about it is easily Tom Hanks. He is very, very good in here. And he's not hes not just playing nice guy Tom Hanks, which is, you know. Generally. Which he normally does. I mean, he's not an arsehole. He's definitely a hero in this, but he's not just the most likable guy you've ever seen on film, which is, which is good. Um, the other captain is really good too. Like, the chemistry between those two guys is fantastic. It takes a pretty big shift in the third act, which I actually didn't like. It actually slowed right down for me um, towards the end of the film and dropped half a star because of it. So I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Fair enough. Got a review here from Rob Manafield. Captain Phillips might be Tom Hanks's best performance. There haven't been many films in recent memory which have filled me with as much tension and nerves as Captain Phillips did. And not to spoil it, but there is a scene near the end where Hanks' acting is just mesmerising. Four and a half stars. Whoa. Bang. All right. That brings me to my number one film, which is the film from 2019 that the patrons got me to watch, and that is Klaus. The Christmas animated film. Yes, that one. Is your number one film over the last three months. Yep, it was that good. Very, very good. Really touching. Great story. Great spin on the Christmas spirit. The animation is uh, a lot different than what you would normally see, but it's it's very good. I really like the look of this film. The the characters, anyone, every character that's in this film is really, really good. I thought they all got fleshed out to the the best they could. There was no weak point in this film. It was from start to finish. It was just generally very entertaining, very touching. Kids loved it. Very good film. Four stars. Huh. Well, there you go. I still have no desire to watch it. Watch it at Christmas coming up. I mean, why? You didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I missed it at that time. I regret that. I regret that decision. Okay. That's going to do it. Thank you very much to Colby Mack for coming on for a good Pod v Pod battle. Thanks, Colby. Now, next week, we're back with another breakdown. Not a two-parter anymore. I think we're just going to go back to the one-parters, don't you reckon, Dean? I disagree. I think we should do the <laughs> 90-minute dial Ember murder in two parts. 45-minute sections. Let's see if we can guess the ending after the first 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, you've already seen it, haven't you? Yeah, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I think I've seen it, and I don't remember it. All right, but that's going to be for next week. So thank you very much, everyone, for checking out this episode, and we will see you next week for Dial M for Murder. Bye. Bye.